Hey everyone, welcome back to iHeartMovies. My name is Jonathan North, and today I am so excited to have my first live, in-person guest who I'm not related to. My friend Sam is joining me to talk about one of her all-time favorite films, Jaws. I had never actually seen Jaws before we watched it for this episode, but it's one of those movies that Sam has been trying to get me to watch for years, and I finally agreed to go see it because it actually came to our local theater. Our small town theater has been playing a few classic films this summer since there are no new films coming out, and around the same time I was moving back to my hometown, they were doing a Spielberg week, and Sam saw that and she texted me and was like, hey, want to go see Jaws when you come back? And I kind of hammed and hawed, but then I was like, would you do a podcast with me? And she was like, maybe? And I was like, that's good enough. So we went to the theater, and then due to the chaotic nature of like, literally everything this year several weeks later we finally got the podcast recorded and i think it turned out great i ended up liking the movie way more than i thought i would sam ended up enjoying recording the podcast way more than she thought she would and we just had so much fun talking about jaws so my first question for you not mm -hmm. related to like things in the actual movie when did you first watch jaws uh, I'm going to say I was probably younger than 10 because I watched all the horror movies that my parents loved at very inappropriate age, despite the fact that Jaws is rated PG. So actually it would have been right in my wheelhouse, but I was probably really young. So yeah. I don't remember when it's not one of those horror movies that traumatized me as a child that I remember watching it, but I'm going to say probably younger than 10. The ones that traumatize you are probably a little more vivid. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> and I love them to this day, despite that trauma. So what was it about Jaws that you liked so much? Well, other than, you know, as a kid, you're always rooting. You want to see the shark. You want to see the shark and all the action. But as I grew older, I appreciated the acting, the storytelling, the cinematography, the setup. You know, you've got these three guys that you know, that are very, very different and they mm -hmm. have to work together to go try to kill this shark that none of them have seen other than when it's eating a little kid. That was a quick moment. I'm sure it didn't sink in. And I just love their camaraderie and how they start to bond and then Quint's PTSD and, you know, the madness he has from his time in the war just kind of takes over and they just have to fight to survive between each other and the shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really know much about Jaws going in. I've never watched it. I'm not a huge horror movie fan. Mm -hmm. I guess my thing was I was afraid there was going to be a lot of gore. And it turned out there wasn't as much as I thought there was. No, there's just like that a couple big hits they hit you with. Like when the shark comes out and eats the kid on the banana tube. And that was more blood than gore. And it's quick. Yeah. Like, they knew we're eat, we're killing children. We have to make it quick. Mm -hmm. It can't, you know. But, like, then you get Quint, who gets, you know, falls into the shark's mouth. And they're like, more blood, more. And he's screaming. And you're like, wow, that's quite the flip from everything else we've seen. But mm -hmm. that's what. That was, that was the probably the worst one. Because the rest, you didn't really know the people. Yeah. They weren't on screen much and that's like the moment if you watch jaws on tv like on channel seven or something that's they they cut most of that out usually you see quint fall the shark bites him and then it's dragging him into the water mm. so if you've only ever watched it on tv and then you watch it 
on DVD or in theater like we did, you get to see the whole mm-hmm. messy attack. <laughs> well, with the, I guess, the, the gore and stuff, for what they did, like, with the first kills, mm-hmm. it was different than, like, Jurassic Park. Oh. And I guess the main thing that I noticed was different was, like, they go for the people that Jurassic Park doesn't want to go for. Like, Jurassic Park sticks to mainly, like, adult white guys. And people <laughs> other than Samuel L. Jackson, who... Oh, that's true. Yeah, but then, you know, it, it it's not a Hollywood cliche unless the poor black guy dies, unfortunately. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson was just too awesome to leave in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the, the main thing that surprised me was, like, the first one was a woman and the second one was a kid. Yeah, drunk college girl. And also a dog. <laughs> Yeah, the poor Pippet. <laughs> the dog just disappeared. Yeah. You never know for sure, but I'm pretty sure the shark I'm eaten. sure they were like, we can't film that. We can't show the dog getting eaten. So I guess I wasn't aware that this is actually based on a book. Yes. Have you read the book? On my list of things to read, I think I read the Wikipedia of it. Because okay. I really wanted to know like what inspired this. And it's very different. Did you know that the book was sort of inspired by an true actual event? event? Yep, that's because it was a true event I read about, and then I wanted to know about the book. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, that's the, I think the bulk of my notes that I took were about the true event. Yeah, the other than bull Jaws. shark, right, going up the Mississippi. Actually, it may or may not have been a bull shark. There are, like, multiple theories. They think it might have been multiple sharks. Yeah, it happens every now and then. But I, there's only a few species of shark that can do salt to freshwater. Mm-hmm. And great whites aren't one of them. Well, at the time it took place, there was some researcher saying that the conditions with tide and everything mm-hmm. could have made it so that a great white shark could have briefly been in that area. But probably got the hell out as soon as he realized there are no seals here. Probably. What am I supposed to eat? It's However, polluted here. It's disgusting. Around that time, there was a great white shark caught oh. that had human remains in its stomach. Well, you know. And it, the weird thing was it was caught by a taxidermist and a Barnum and Bailey lion tamer. What the hell? <laughs> like, these two friends were just fishing these and they two, catch this shark. These two fools out there like, let's go shark fishing. Oh, look, a great white. Let's cut it open. And the little Billy Bob from the movie pours out. (laughs) No, it wasn't like they could see that it was specifically a person, but they had, like, the bones analyzed. Yeah, probably, you know, sharks digest very slowly Mm because it's one of those things where you never know where you're going to get your next big meal. And the shark that was eventually killed was seven and a half feet long and 325 pounds also he wasn't very big it was a juvenile yeah i'll say that was a little guy so it's not surprising then that he may have tried to eat a well that he ate a person and we don't know for sure that he even killed that person he could you know people throw remains into oceans Mm, and rivers all the time he could have just maybe found a foot and been like (laughs) all right a snack (laughs) and another thing that i found interesting was that this wasn't the final shark but one of the fatalities Witnesses said that it was definitely, it was nine feet long, and there's like a lot of witnesses. Like, mm-hmm. even where no fatalities occurred, there was like shark spotting everywhere. Mm-hmm. And part of me is wondering, 
were they actually spotting sharks or were they just freaked out because of all the news stories? Because there was like a literal media storm over this. Well, and look how many people, <laughs> and I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but look at how many people have seen the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Especially in the height of, oh my God, there's a monster in the Loch. Yeah. And, you know, who knows how many people have actually, and a lot of people, I think, do stuff like that for attention. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I saw it. Totally. I saw it. I want my name in the paper. <laughs> Of this one particular sighting that people said it was definitely nine feet long, I found it interesting that there was a sea captain there who saw this thing, and he said that it was a Spanish shark, which apparently is a sand tiger shark, Mm -hmm. because that's where the Wikipedia link led me. And he said it was probably driven out of the Caribbean Sea decades earlier during the Spanish-American War. Which is an interesting theory. That is a that is a far fetched theory. <laughs> I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Yeah. But my argument with that is a sand tiger shark, they're not known to be aggressive. That was just his theory, so That's hilarious. Like I bet during this war the shark was like, Screw these guys, I'm going up river. Like Yeah, I just I found that really interesting. That that guy, I bet he was a hoot at parties. <laughs> There was another, like, notable person. I don't know her. There was an actress, Gertrude Hoffman, said that she was almost attacked by one. And that apparently made news because I guess that would probably be, like, Nicole Kidman saying that a shark attacked her. My issue with that, which is just hilarious, is that that river is dirty. And there's a lot of... You know how big catfish get? Like, she could have stepped on a giant catfish Mm. and been like... That is true. Catfish can be huge. You know, people go noodling and pull those things out. You step on... I've seen videos of that. That's horrifying. (laughs) like, you're stupid. Why would you stick (laughs) your hand in that thing's mouth? And this actress later said that she's pretty sure that it happened, but she said maybe her trouble was for nothing. But (laughs) she feels like she barely escaped death. (laughs) What year... Do you know what year this took place? 1916. Oh, she's on drugs. No. <laughs> That's crazy. I escaped death. I have no proof, and it didn't bite me, but I know I almost died. She's not sure if her trouble was for nothing or if she barely escaped death. Well, you know, she's an actress. Maybe she was working on it. Maybe she needed to be a, have a traumatic moment in a movie. Mm. I found it interesting, and I guess this makes sense because the book was like inspired by some of these events but there was things that happened in the movie that actually happened in real life like people hunting with Mm -hmm. dynamite and people people, still do that people putting a bounty on the sharks Mm -hmm. it was only a hundred dollars but it was apparently 2300 in today's money i say that's a lot of money in today's time yeah yeah um they don't hunt for the sharks as much anymore that kind of has fallen out Mm -hmm. you know because people are like there's how many sharks out there and this one surfer got bit let's go kill it but they're also really endangered Mm -hmm. and most people are going to be like what good is it going to do to go kill that shark now yeah and apparently there was a lot of sharks captured because of that bounty this is like hundreds of sharks were captured on the east coast during that time and it was described as the largest scale animal hunt in history i think these days like a hundred thousand sharks are killed annually so Mm. it has something that hasn't really tuned down and well people are scared of them now well now they're hunted for shark fin stew and other horrible things i also found it kind of interesting that the guy who wrote the book is kind of sad that he wrote it because he feels like he contributed to people's fear Mm -hmm. of sharks yep i had heard that too that he felt bad 
But I feel like as time goes on, when you watch Jaws and then you look up sharks later, like if you do your research, you learn about them and hopefully it means you learn to not be afraid of them, but to actually understand that. Sharks, they're not like that. They're not going to hunt you down. Mm -hmm. Most sharks, they say, bite people and they actually spit out whatever they bite because sharks don't have hands. Mm Mm-hmm. They, they can't just go up and slap you with their flipper like, what's this? So mm-hmm. they just bite whatever comes close to them or hit it with their nose. Is that a steal? Let's take a taste. Yeah, that's just it. Is this a surfer on a surfboard or is it my dinner? Let's just take a bite. Oh, nope. And then they mm-hmm. nope right out of there usually. Not always. One other thing that I found really interesting. Apparently before this, not a whole lot was known about sharks. Mm-hmm. And people... Like, legitimately thought that they were timid and powerless. (laughs) And because, like, sharks before this, they weren't, like, known to attack people. Mm -hmm. And technically, they don't really, but they can inflict damage. Yes. People apparently legitimately thought that they were unable to have the jaw strength to inflict any damage. Oh, my. (laughs) Wow. That's something I didn't know. That's... Yeah, Who's like, going to take a look at a shark and all those teeth and be like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> Apparently people had to like rewrite some science text because of that. I suppose that does make sense, though. If you're not in there and, you know, doing the research and mm-hmm. going down in there and making a shark bite something so you can see what his jaw strength is, then you're not yeah. going to know. Well, I guess we could talk about the actual movie now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found it really interesting that Jaws is like... It's considered, like, the father of the summer blockbuster. Yep. I get, it was, like, the big... It's the first one, I think. Yeah. The first big high-concept film. Yep. Star Wars came right after it, but Jaws was the first, like, actual blockbuster movie. Mm-hmm. And now people need their big summer blockbusters every year. Yep. My mom went and saw Jaws when it came out. Okay. And the part where the head comes out of the ship, <laughs> where I was waiting to see if you would jump... She said, I, she said she jumped out of her seat and almost ran out of the theater. It scared her and her friends so bad. You know what? I actually, I was re-watching this on double speed so I could take notes. Mm-hmm. And when it got to that part, I jumped even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. I still jumped. Well, it's a good suspenseful moment. They're building the moment. You don't think there's going to be a head. You're thinking the shark's going to pop up or his eyeball's going to like wink at you don't think there's going to be a dead guy peeking yeah, out of the Yeah, you don't think hole. some head with a crab in its eye is going to... Oh, I didn't even notice a crab. Oh, yeah, a little, little fella comes crawling out of his eyeball, you know, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, I did not notice that. I just saw a guy peeking out of the porthole. Mm-hmm. So I guess the biggest thing for me about this movie was finding out that it wasn't like at all what I thought it was. Oh, you <laughs> thought it was like a gore-slash-horror film and... I partially, and I partially just, because the only clips I'd ever seen were of the hunt Mm -hmm. in the second half of the film. Yeah. And I guess I just assumed that was the whole movie. No. And it turned out it wasn't. There was a lot more about the characters and, like, Mm -hmm. the politics of the town. Yeah, it's a very character-driven movie. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd, like, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the shark, and I don't know if you have this on your, in your notes later on or not, that the robot shark, Bruce didn't work half the time. Mm. So a lot of the scenes that they had originally planned out to film with the shark just never worked because the Mm. shark was constantly breaking down. Like they would have walkie-talkies and they would call each other and be like, quick, the shark's working, get down here. (laughs) 
And I think it worked out for the best that the robot was broken mm-hmm. most of the time because it's a great movie and the jump scares are great. And the shark has aged very well. They did a very yeah. good job. But I think if it, the shark would have been in it more, I think it would have been bad. It would have cheesy. Been cheesy yeah. Like the sequels. Don't watch those. <laughs> I've never seen the sequels. Don't. <laughs> well, of course I've never seen them. I never saw the first one. Yeah. But... The, second, the second one's fine. The other ones, I think the fourth one, spoiler alert, he jumps out of the water and he roars. And he, what? And he stalks the family from Amity Island to, like, the Bahamas. This shark follows a plane and ends up where they are. It's it's not good. <laughs> how, how does that even make sense? It doesn't. <laughs> it's a bad movie. What? Where did the shark come from? Like, this shark dies, mm-hmm. so it's not the same shark unless it's, like, reincarnated. Oh, they, they give the impression that it's, like, part of the same family and it wants revenge. <laughs> Sharks don't have the brain power to want revenge. Especially over, I think this movie takes place, like, the kids are adults, so 20... Years or more. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> okay. They, it's just, it gets to the ridiculous... That's why I said that if they had the original shark in the movie more, it may have been just a little cheesier. Yeah. Because, you know, you're like, oh, that looks cool. And then the more you see it, you're like, okay, that's just a big fake robot shark. Yeah, you can you can kind of tell, but it's still fine. And it's, it's like- brief. Yeah, if the if the movie is good enough, you can forgive a lot of cheesy effects. Well, and plus the moments when you actually start to see the shark, the tension mm-hmm. and the suspense are so high and you're so invested in these three already that the idea that, oh, here comes the shark, mm-hmm. who's going to make it out alive, that you feel for these guys. You don't want them to die. And mm-hmm. when you do see the shark in the brief moments, you're like, how are we going to kill it? It's big and it's scary and it's eating their boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe this is not the best example for you, depending on how you feel about the movie, but like the movie Signs. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, good. I love that movie too. I love that movie. But the the alien is hardly ever seen and I feel like that works out for the best. And then you see him at the end and all <laughs> tension and suspense just fall out of your butt and you're like, oh. I appreciate the alien more now when I rewatch it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that there it like camouflages, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that it's the same one from the earlier when he cut the fingers off. Mm-hmm. So watching it a few more times, I appreciate the alien more. But definitely the ending, though, when you see it, you're like, it's nothing like the earlier scene where the little Mexican kids are yelling and it comes out from behind the bush, that and you're like, so holy shit. Good like, oh my god, that's so scary because it's so quick. And like the hand comes out, you know, you can tell it's a kind of a fake hand, but you know, it's mm. so quick and it's scary and you're like, oh my god, that's not a human hand. What is it? And then the end comes and he beats him with the baseball bat and the water falls on him and I'm like, water, really? <laughs> Maybe it's because I hadn't seen a whole lot of scary movies at that point, but th- I liked the end and it, it worked for me. So Yeah, I saw it in theater with a friend and I just remember being like just terrified the whole time because, you know, you live in a town that's surrounded on four sides by cornfields. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh my God, I have to go home to this. And then thankfully the end happens and you're like, okay, it's not quite as scary anymore, <laughs> but it still is scary. And then you get that soundtrack in your head, kind of like mm-hmm. Jaws. It's got that great soundtrack. And you're like, I don't think I could listen to this just at home. 
just cleaning house, you know. I think I bought the soundtrack to Signs. I'm surprised I don't have it, actually, because it is a very good soundtrack. Yeah. So is Jaws, actually. Yeah. Jaws is, like, one of those iconic soundtracks. Iconic. Like, like you hear it and you're like, I know exactly e- what Even though is. I'd never seen Jaws, I knew what it was. Everybody knows the theme from Jaws. <laughs> you know, and, like, it's just a funny theme, too, because, like, when they're chasing the shark or the shark's chasing them, the music that plays is not the suspenseful music you would think. Mm-hmm. It's, like, this high, uplifting very different type of music but somehow it still works because mm-hmm. the moment things get serious the soundtrack changes mm-hmm. or it stops altogether yes that was something i was going to mention the soundtrack stops mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. and like the big attack on the beach scene mm-hmm. there's like no music no and i thought that was great yeah the scenes are so much better because you don't need a soundtrack to build tension once mm-hmm. the moment is happening yeah like when quint is you know being eaten or whatever there's no music there's no sound it's just him because you don't need that distraction yeah because you're focused on the horrible moment in front of you like sorry quint yeah (laughs) that moment you've been dreading since your ship went down is right here upon you yeah the choices they made with the music either to have it or not Mm -hmm. was very good who was the composer john williams yeah i was gonna say it's that guy that wins all the oscars as he should john williams i think the probably the reason that i'm more familiar with the soundtrack is because my mom had a john williams cd that had like all the big the best hits or like the greatest hits of john williams i mean i probably still would have known it without that that soundtrack Mm -hmm. but like john williams I, like, grew up with his music, even though I didn't see half the movies. I was going to say, I don't think you saw half the movies. (laughs) You should have been like, well, come on, Mom. You let me listen to the Jaws theme. Let's watch Jaws. It's PG. Parental guidance. It's fine. Yeah. PG-13 won't come out until later. Yeah. I I remember getting a PG movie from the library and being traumatized. Oh, was it Temple of Doom? No, it was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, wow. Yeah, that <laughs> I was like, it. oh, this, this is a cool sci-fi movie. Oh, uh, there's a horrifying dog with a man's head. Uh, what are they doing to those people? horrified. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> this is that's, PG. Yeah, you can uh, thank yeah. Gremlins and mm-hmm. Temple of Doom. They inspired the PG-13 rating. I recent, Invasion of the Body Snatchers would have. I re- Well, I think that probably wasn't marketed towards children, but mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was. Oh, that makes sense. And so was Gremlins, because they conveniently just left the Gremlins, except for Gizmo, out of the advertising. That would, that's kind of like a horrifying bait and switch. It is. It's like, let's go watch the movie with this cute little Furby. Oh dear, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it's like people are mad. <laughs> and I recently rewatched Temple of Doom and I'm like, wow, this is bloodier than I thought it was. I mean, so is Raiders with the melting zombies, but Temple of Doom, it it steps it up. It's got some moments where you're like, yeah, this should not be PG. <laughs> Children should not be watching this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though you watched a lot of things. I did. (laughs) I watched R-rated movies. I was a rebel as a child. You're like one of those do as I say, not as I do people. Yeah, like I watched Alien when I was five. But Uh. you shouldn't. Wait, small child, until you're older to appreciate it. Yeah, I still haven't brought myself to watch Alien. (sighs) Wait till it comes back to theater. We'll go see that next. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, it's so good, though. I, I do actually kind of want to see it, but I've kind of wanted to see it for years, but I also kind of don't want to see it. The Alien movies are one of those movies, the first two, not the rest, that 
when you watch them, even if you don't watch them for the horror aspect, you watch them for the set building. And again, mm. the character development and the, 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 the building of suspense. Because like Jaws, they don't show them very much. The second mm-hmm. one, you see them more because that's how sequels go. But the first one, you don't see it very much. And again, it also had something to do with the fact that they also just couldn't afford it. Mm. They were like, we can't. Sometimes that makes movies better, though. It does. Like, the horror movies are always better when you don't see what's coming. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, Halloween and Jason and stuff where, you know, it's just a dude in a mask. But <laughs> it's like most movies with monsters, the buildup to that moment is usually better than... Mm-hmm. With some exceptions, but... But with Jurassic Park, I need to see those dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park <laughs> is one where you're like, I want to see dinosaurs right now in, like, uh, Pacific Rim. Like, I want mm. to see giant kaiju, and I want them That's right the now. the point of the movie. And they're, like, 11 minutes in. They're like, oh, we got you. Don't worry. Here's a kaiju. And you're like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, just get back to Jones. I'll say back on subject. <laughs> I have ADD. I tend to wander. That's fine. I don't mind tangents. I used to cut all tangents out. Now I keep a bunch of <laughs> You're like, this is gold. <laughs> Keeping this in. I think one of my favorite scenes is the quiet moment when Brody is eating supper or he's not eating because he's got some issues. Mm. And his little boy is mimicking him. Yeah. That scene, you know, and I normally don't care for quiet moments like that in movies, but that scene is just so endearing Mm -hmm. because his little, you know, he's his son's trying to cheer cheer up his dad and he wants to be like his dad. So he's like... You know, mimicking the hand movements and, like, when they take a drink and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then here comes Hooper with the wine and he gets Brody drunk enough to go out on a boat. <laughs> oh, that, that part was kind of weird because it's just like he invited himself to dinner. Was like, anybody eating this? I know. <laughs> I, think, I think at that point he probably, maybe he had a hotel room. Maybe he didn't. You know, the place was probably sold out. He's probably like, I haven't eaten since I got here. I'm just going to help myself. You're not eating it, so... And I like how they just smile at him like, okay, this guy's kind of a little weird, so we'll just let him. Mm. It's fine. It's all good. One thing that I noticed, and it's multiple things, but it's one thing, was how very 70s this movie was. Very. (laughs) Very 70s. I guess I don't know why I didn't expect that, because it was made in the 70s, but like, Every time you turned around, there's something else that was so very 70s. They're smoking in the hospital, you know. Smoking everywhere. Like, everywhere. everyone is smoking. Yes. It's like, nowadays, like, only bad people smoke. But yeah. But, like, everybody is smoking in Or, like, movie. the rebellious teenager, you know. Yeah. Also, the hair. Hair was so very 70s. The cars. Long-haired teenage guys. Yeah. Like, you almost never see that. And the way it was, like, styled. Yeah. Like, they, they took pride in their manes. <laughs> they they made their hair look good. Yeah. These days, if a guy has long hair, it's just, like, in a man bun. But the, oh, these were, like, styled yeah. teenage guys' hair. They had, like, Even... the flowing locks. And they were like, we're going to attract some ladies with our manes of hair you know <laughs> the, the one that stood out to me the most was like the the he was either a nurse or a doctor in the hospital mm-hmm. and he just had like perfectly styled long hair yeah they're like <laughs> just do your hair like you do every day bob and come into work you look great <laughs> and of course like fashion but like they're at the beach too so like swimsuits the swimsuits like very small men's swimsuit not like speedo but like yeah. small like really short legs mm-hmm. like you never see that these days yeah and like the diversity of the people at the beach like you have old people you have overweight people you know it's not all 
beach babes like Baywatch. It's mm-hmm. you look at that beach and you're like, there's real people, real average people. That's that's another thing that I noticed about this movie was how the people in the movie made it feel like a real story instead of a movie. Yeah, because like you don't have like a ton of hot people. No. Going after the shark. They're just average people. I mean, you look at Brody, and it's like these days he'd be like Chris Hemsworth, which I'm not complaining, but it'd be some hot guy, you know, who eventually mm-hmm. is going to take his shirt off, and he's got like a supermodel wife, you know, and they're just, you look at them and you're like... These are all normal These people. are normal people. Like, you'd go to somewhere, and this is who you'd run into. Mm-hmm. And I didn't recognize anybody, I don't think. Like, I recognized the name Richard Dreyfus, and I probably would, if I... I mean, I've probably seen something else with him mm-hmm. in it, but he was, like, the only name that I recognized. I didn't recognize the other actors. Oh. Like, even by name. Like, a lot of times I'll hear a name and I'll recognize the name even if I don't recognize the face. Yeah. He was the only one, and I didn't recognize his face either. The one I'm most familiar with is the main character, whose name I can't remember suddenly. I wrote it down. Roy Schneider. Roy, yeah, Roy Schneider, because he was in Sequest. Right? Okay. I'm going to Google that real quick. And I grew up watching all the sci-fi movies. Because why not go on from Jaws and be in a show about a submarine that talks to dolphins? Yeah, he was in Sequest. He was the uh, main guy. Okay. And so that's who I was more most familiar with, Roy Scheider, was being in Sequest. And I always just thought it was funny that you, know, you were on Jaws and you hunted sharks and now you're on Sequest, which was a great, great sci-fi show during, I don't know, the 90s. Okay, I've heard the name. I don't know what it is. It's been a while since I've watched it. I just remember them being on a submarine, and there was a dolphin that, like, talked to people. Not, like, talk-talked, but it had, like, a way of communicating with the humans, and it was a really neat show. Was it for kids, or was it, like, an all-ages show? It was, like, everybody probably watched it. Okay. It was probably, like, not, like, five-year-olds, but, like, teenagers and up, or young teen and up. Did you say, like, talking to dolphins? That seems like something that would happen in a kid's show, but... Sometimes you get weird stuff in yeah, it, I mean, the it, show. It was like during the time of like Star Trek and like Hercules and okay. Xena and like all those just weird sci-fi fantasy shows that were on. Yeah. And those, I guess you probably call those all ages shows. Yeah. You know, they were just on TV and that was it. Yeah. And with the normal looking people, I felt like they did a good job of making them act normal mm-hmm. too. Like... You know how in most movies, every line of dialogue is, like, crystal clear? Like, they've rehearsed so much, everything is perfect. Like, you had people, like, stumbling over their words, Mm -hmm. repeating lines, and I I don't know if that was, like, a blooper that they left in, or they did it on purpose, but either way, it just made Mm -hmm. the movie feel so much more real. They feel like real people. Yeah. Like, they were character-driven people. Yeah. Like, the scene in the boat where they're singing and they're comparing scars. That's one of the best scenes in the Mm -hmm. whole movie is when they're comparing scars because it's so real. Yeah, they feel like real people. (laughs) Yeah. Being weird together. Yeah, and there's, like, no zoom in on their faces when they're talking. You know, it's just a wide shot. Mm -hmm. That's something I didn't even consider was the... The shots. There isn't a whole lot of Mm-mm. like. There's one like iconic zoom in. The zoom in that I've seen like even before I'd seen Jaws. Yeah, that that Spielberg zoom in. Yeah, but yep. other than that, you don't have like a whole lot of facial nope. close-ups. You know, because they're not banking on this movie making money because everybody's attractive and perfect and they want you to see their face. It's mm-hmm. more like look at these people and the characters, their development. They're real people. 
And plus, I don't think they did a lot of close-ups back then. I don't think cameras and stuff were quite ready for the full HD close-up of a human where you can see every pore in their skin. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, but do you actually want that? No. The whole one of the Twilight movies was all close-ups of the face, and I'm like, "What is happening? Zoom out! Zoom out!" That's another series I've never seen. Don't watch it. <laughs> That's one of those that I've said that I probably won't ever watch unless somebody really wants to do a podcast. Then I probably would do it for a podcast. If you, if you get stuck in another quarantine and you can't leave your house for two months, you'll finally cave and watch Twilight, <laughs> and then you'll regret. If I get stuck in my house in a quarantine, I probably would watch ones that I actually really wanted to watch. I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I guess one thing that we should talk about is something that it's kind of become weirdly relevant these days. And maybe you haven't seen this, but like on Twitter, like for a while, all I was seeing was people comparing like governors to the mayor in Jaws. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And that was the my I guess my first clue that maybe Jaws is about more than what I thought it was about. Yeah. Cuz this is before we went to the theater to see it. Mhm. And I guess that maybe would be one reason why I was a little more inclined to see it cuz I was a little more curious now. Mm-hmm. But I just found it weirdly relevant seeing all these posts comparing like the governors really wanting to reopen things because they got to make money. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like it's an illegitimate need, but still, it felt really... Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? That apple gets reelected in the second movie. He doesn't get kicked out of office. He comes, he gets reelected. He's back in. I mean, that seems par for the course in politics. It does. Especially you look at these days. Like, when I first watched Jaws, and I think a lot of people felt this way when you first watched Jaws before... 2020 or 2019 or whatever is you're like there's no way they'd open the beaches everybody saw that little kid Mm -hmm. get eaten they all saw it they know what's going on there's no way that the government would or you know the local powers would allow the beach to be open to make money now you're like yeah yeah they would yeah they would they would and they would re-elect him too the call of the dollars yeah it's like little timmy got eight in front of 50 people but we're still gonna re-elect you gov because you did a good job I'm glad I'm not the one that has to make those decisions. I would be forever (laughs) questioning myself if I made the right one. Well, and then it's the conflict, too, between Brody and the governor. Because Brody's like, no, we have to close the beaches. We have to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. We have to figure out where the shark is. Is it coming back? We have to hire people to help us. And they're like, no, we're not going to close the beaches. We'll cause a panic. And there is no shark. It was a boating accident. You know, they make the coroner change his story. Originally, it's a shark attack, and then he's like, oh, no, no, it was, it was a boating accident. It totally was. That was something that really annoyed me, and I think it's supposed to. Yes, it's supposed to. The fact that Brody wanted to close the beach, the mayor forced him to not close the mm-hmm. beach, and then the grieving mother slaps him. She slaps him. Thinking it's his fault, his and nobody fault. ever corrects her. No. That's just annoyed me so much. Yeah, I, I think that's how you're supposed to feel. Like, the blame is getting put on the wrong person. Yeah. Because what's he going to do? Turn around and say, hey, it's not me, it's the governor, but he's not going to do that. You can't say that because then that makes you just seem like a jerk, too. Yeah, and this grieving mom just had her kid die. You're not going to yeah, yell at her no. or be mean to her because it's like... She's grieving. Her kid is dead. Got ate by a shark. Yeah. You're just going to just be like, okay, I'm sorry. We're going to fix it. Hopefully 
a few years down the line, she finds out the truth and then goes after the mayor. I, well, considering he got <laughs> reelected, fiction. Yeah, I say like, considering he gets reelected, I doubt it. But yeah, I'm sure there's a fanfic out there that could probably help you with it. <laughs> One scene that stood out to me. It was very weird. It was the scene after they've reopened the beach after mm-hmm. the kid had died. And nobody's going in the water. And mm-hmm. the mayor makes one of his, I don't know, underlings. Mm-hmm. Just this old guy and his wife. He makes them go out in the water. Yep. And it's like, he's he's like, it's almost like he's sacrificing this guy. Even though just the guy about. doesn't die. It's like, some of you may die. What's that quote from Shrek? But it's, you know. That's a sacrifice I'm willing I'm to I'm willing make. to make, you know. And, yeah. And he, that guy brings his kids out with him. Yeah, because the mayor forced him. And the mayor has this big suit on, and he's mm-hmm. not going in the water. He ain't going. And he even says later on, after him and Brody get into it, about when that little boy was killed, he even says, my children were on that beach. But it's like, but did your kids go in the water? Mm. Were, you know, you didn't force your children into the water when you think it's perfectly safe. You're making other people go out there and test, literally, test the waters <laughs> first. Yeah. And what kills me in that scene is everybody's afraid to go into the water, but they're all at the beach anyway. I mean, I understand you want to... It's probably what they did. Mm -hmm. It's the 70s. What else are you going to do? But it's like, don't make them go into the water. Yeah. It was kind of... It was just a weird scene, the way that played out. And it also seemed really weird that as soon as the, the old couple went in the water... Like, oh, it must be safe. Everybody's well, going to go in. that herd mentality. It's like, oh, they went. Let's oh, all go. True. And it also kind of shows the the power that the mayor holds over other people. That he can literally just say, you need to get up and get in the water. There's like that silent threat of, mm. or maybe you'll lose your job. You know, I don't know if he had anything over this guy or like maybe a the power to fire him but it kind of gives you the impression that if you don't do this Mm -hmm. you're gonna you know not be in my favor anymore it's like that political power over other people people like that kind of disturb me Mm -hmm. well and i think that's the whole point too is that that's how it's supposed to feel Mm -hmm. i forgot too another thing with things relating to today and this was not something that I don't think anybody mentioned this on Twitter. This is just something that I thought of, was all of the people going out to hunt the shark, they're, like, all cramming into the small boats, like, even though they're being told, there's there's too many people in that boat, you need to mm-hmm. get less people in these boats. <laughs> it was like, that's, like, what people are doing today. Like, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to have too many people in certain areas because... But we're going to do it anyway. Gonna, crowds are what spreads the disease. Yep. But nobody listens to that, and they crowd anyway. Yeah, because, like, for them, too, like, Brody and Hooper, you know, like, they respect Brody to a point because he's the sheriff, but Hooper, he just shows up and starts trying to tell him what to do for what's best for him, and they're like, we're not going to listen to you. You're you're not from here. You're not one of us. We're going to do what Mm. we want. We've got dynamite. We're going to go out in our little boat and throw a bunch of blood over and bait the water and try to lure in a shark and throw dynamite in the water. Yeah. They're probably all drunk, too, but you know. Probably. But just the flagrant disregard for rules just Mm -hmm. struck me as relevant. Yeah. It's like, we're going to do what we want and you can't tell us any different. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, you got Quint at a distance watching him and just laughing. He's just like, whatever, guys. Do what you gotta do. Well, I guess we could talk about the last part of the movie, since that's the part that I thought the whole movie was. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's pretty much advertised whenever you see it is yeah. the, the whole thing at the end. I found it kind of interesting that... I don't, I don't know if this is on purpose or if this is just something that I made up, but I feel like the state of the boat is sort of representative of the state of Quint's mental capacity mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. because like the more the boat gets destroyed, the crazier he gets. He gets. It's true. Yeah. It's a very good observation that, you know, because Quint appears stable when you mm-hmm. meet him. Everybody just thinks he's just a local nut. Yeah. You know, he's a local shark hunter, you know, but nobody knows that much about him because when he talks about being on the USS, that ship that went down, mm-hmm. nobody knew that. And, you know, he appears on the outside that he's a little off, but he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, as the ship starts to fall apart, so does his mentality. And you got to wonder, is it him breaking? Is it like his PTSD from his time in the war? Mm-hmm. Or is is it just a symbol of his struggling mental health because he's got problems that's evident Mm -hmm. because you know back then they're not gonna they probably even know what ptsd was no probably not there was no treatment for that and he just kind of secluded himself from everybody and did his own thing for years Mm -hmm. and was literally chasing down his nightmares from what happened to him and Mm -hmm. the other people what he had to witness it was kind of like he had a death wish the whole time but he just didn't know you know, he didn't mm-hmm. purposely try to kill himself, but he put himself in situations where he could very well have been killed. Yeah. One other thing from those last scenes. I feel like I when I saw it in the theater, I thought maybe I was just seeing things. But then when I was watching it again to make notes, there are comets shooting through the sky. Yeah, the- Is that... Were that, did that happen, or did they add them in later? The first comment you see when they're on the boat is real. And okay. I think they added the other ones in. Okay. Because the first one, I know maybe two of them, because I think you see, do you see three maybe? I saw at least two. I think, okay, so there's two. I know the first one when you, they show them, they're looking up on the boat and behind them you see the, the mm-hmm. falling star. I know that one was genuine. The other one may have been as well. I don't know if they had the digital power to add that in back then. They could have drawn it too. Cause... But I know for sure the first one was because they were like, oh yeah, look at that. Great. First first take. Yeah. I was. I saw that in the theater. I was like, did I just see that? And mm-hmm. then when I watched it again, I was like, is that supposed to mean something or did that genuinely happen? It, they filmed a lot out on the water. Okay. So that... That I think pretty sure that first one was actually so it was just a, a happy cool accident. Thing that they caught and <laughs> yeah. decided to add in. And I know they said that that kind of thing Spielberg started to add them a lot into other movies. I've heard. I don't pay enough attention to other movies to notice, but that he was just like so taken back by it that it's been done in other movies too. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I thought it was a, a cool touch. And you can tell it's real. Purpose. You know that it's on that old film. It's not like digitally added in because mm-hmm. it. Because they always make shooting stars in other movies look different than how they actually look. Like, if you ever have actually seen one. Well, it was so quick that I feel that like too. they could have gotten away with drawing it in if mm-hmm. somebody was a good enough artist. Yeah. Because it's, it's, like, just a few frames yeah. is all you need. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was a just a cool thing that I noticed. Mm-hmm. 
So the last, the final scenes, I can't remember what was Hooper going down with. He had a gun. Was it like a trank dart or? <laughs> that part's always kind of confused me. He has a chemical that if he can stab the shark in the mouth, he can poison it and kill it. Okay. But the whole point is that he can't get the needle through the shark's skin from the surface, so he needs to get him in the mouth. But then he's got that spear gun, and I, it's like, where's the needle? Is the needle in the spear gun? Because you could hit him from the surface with that and get through his skin. The, the ne- he had the needle on the end of the gun, I think, because they had a cork on the end of yeah. it. Yeah. So he didn't accidentally hit himself, I guess. I, yeah, don't stab yourself with the deadly chemical. But I always just thought that was kind of weird because they have no problem getting the barrels to stick to the shark. Yeah, no, they shot him with those harpoons and the harpoons went right through. Yeah, so. I would think that... I, I, I always get a little kind of confused at that part too, especially when he's like, I'm going to stick him in the mouth with this. But then he, I'm like, how are you going to maneuver in this little cage? Which is ends up being the problem. He can't. Mm-hmm. You know, the shark comes up behind him. Well, the cage just seemed like a bad idea too. Because the shark bad. was already destroying the boat. Yeah. So And it's already mad, so... And, yeah, it, it was a bad idea because the shark just bites right through. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, the shark ain't having that. Mm-mm. But I was glad to see that he didn't die because he was probably maybe my favorite, one of my favorite characters. So I thought he did get bit. Yeah. There, I, was, there was blood, I thought. I don't know if it's blood or if it's just a lot of bubbles because that scene, you can tell they went out with a shark, t- a shark cage and it's a real shark. Those scenes mm. underwater are a real shark. You know, not really? the close-up. Not the close-up of when Jaws comes by, but you can tell when the cage is being destroyed. That's real shark footage. Huh. So I'm guessing that maybe they went out to an area and they, they just put bait on a shark cage and just let a shark... I've never watched, like, how they made those scenes, but you can tell just from the way it's moving and that it's got, like, a sucker fish at one point attached to it. So you're like, well, that's an actual shark. This is real footage. So I think it's just a lot of bubbles. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have any injury when he comes up that we can see. Yeah, because there was only the one part where I thought I saw blood when the shark was attacking. Mm-hmm. And then he swims down to the bottom of the sea and you don't see him he until He hides the end. out, yeah. That, like, once the shark is dead, that's like the end, so you don't actually find out if he was hurt or not. Mm-hmm. I just thought that he got bit. And that was part of why I was, like, thinking maybe he died and maybe that was on purpose on the filmmakers like mm-hmm. they want you to think maybe he died but you see him swimming down because he dropped the trank or the poison yeah. or whatever it was but he's gone for quite a while he ain't coming back he's like i'm just i got oxygen yeah i'm gonna hang out back down here for a little bit and yeah no i don't i, I ain't don't coming really back. blame him especially with the either. shark going crazy on the ship above yeah you know you, you could probably see it you know and he probably had no idea what the hell was going on he's just mm-hmm. like i'll just let them deal with it i wonder how far out they were they weren't that far because there's seagulls around and by and at some points when they do bigger shots you can see the lighthouse and like the inlet or okay. whatever it's called out there because they were on their way back inshore they were going to lead him back in and drown him and mm. that's when Quint won't listen to them when his, you know, he's starting to go. And they say, don't push the ship because it's already been flooded and on fire. Mm-hmm. And he ignores them and he pushes harder until the engine burns out. And then they're stuck. Yeah. And, and the, the, I think the reason I thought they were further out is because 
at the the point where he destroys the radio, which I still don't really understand why he destroyed the radio. Just he was going just crazy. His, his craziness. But he destroys the radio, and then everybody's like freaking out. And I was thinking, like, well, are they stranded now? Mm-hmm. And I think they were further out at that point, and then they start to make their way back. Okay, back that, inland. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I think the little bit of sanity that Quint had left was like, we need to go back. Yeah. But then things escalate and his mental capacity just drops. And, you know, like you said, as the ship gets more destroyed, so does, so does Quint. Mm-hmm. Well, then you have, like, the final battle. It was like the shark <laughs> kind of jumped into the ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering how exactly... Is that realistic? Is the shark actually going to be able to do that? Um, shark, great whites, they jump. Ooh. There is a place off South Africa called the Circle I of Death. I have seen pictures of sharks mm-hmm. jumping out of the water. And they jump, they come up from the bottom, and they hit seals, and they full breach. And yeah. fishermen do not go there because a shark might accidentally jump in and sink your boat. Ugh. Now, well, granted... I avoid that... Sp- that place too yeah now granted the way bruce our shark jumps is not exactly the same as a great white hunting a seal that was more like you know kind of launches himself onto the back of the ship but and he was like at that point he was like it almost seemed like he had a vendetta like he's had enough eat these people he's like i've had enough of these guys they're making me mad they keep shooting me i'm just gonna i'm just gonna eat them I'm going to take these guys out. I haven't eaten in a couple days. I got this, you know, I got the munchies. He was hangry. <laughs> he was also hangry enough to eat an oxygen tank, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I don't remember, I don't know if I actually knew that was how the shark went out, but as soon as he had the oxygen tank in his mouth, I was like, that thing's going to blow up. Yeah, because they, for, they, they kind of do a, a, earlier when, when Brody knocks the tanks over, mm-hmm. um, Hooper says... If you, do, if you screw around with these, they're going to blow up. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, that's good to know. And then it comes back later when the shark has it in your mouth. And you're like, Hooper said, if you're not careful with those, they're going to blow up. Well, so, really, that is the best way to take this thing out. Because it doesn't seem to be dying yeah. by any other means. I think that that's not the original ending. And I don't... I think the original ending, the, the shark, like impales himself like maybe on the mast or something okay. i know there was like i don't know if there were, were two endings or they were like debating on how to end it but i know they went with the explosion because it's more dramatic yeah you know it's the big you know it's more satisfying you know you blew the shark up he's definitely dead his yeah. head's gone <laughs> that shark's dead <laughs> adding something else to be a staple of the summertime movies explosion explosion <laughs> dead shark you know you get that last moment from brody you know, that smile son of a pulls the trigger and the shark blows up and you cheer because you're like, yay, this is great. Because it's that last, you know, hit that you need to mm-hmm. feel good about the movie. Well, then I guess the very end makes a little more sense if you said they were closer to land because you have Hooper coming back to the surface and then they swim mm-hmm. to shore. And I was thinking they were, like, out in the middle of the ocean. I was like, how are they going to swim all the way back to shore? And then the movie just ends. Yeah, see, if you... um, First, you'll notice, after the shark's dead, there are seagulls plucking dead shark out of the water. Seagulls are always close to shore. And then, if you watch the whole credits through the whole thing, it shows them reach the beach. So if you have it, like, on, and you watch it all the way through, if you're watching it on TV and they play the entire 
credits through. At the very end, it shows them reaching the beach. Did we stay till the end of the credits? I don't think we did, no. Okay, because I didn't watch the end of the credits. Yeah, because there, there's no, like, no thing at the end, you know, like, next time on the next movie in the Marvel Universe, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that I, makes the end make a whole lot more sense. Yeah, they do reach it. Like, if you watch the whole thing through, they reach, they reach the beach. Okay. Because, yeah, if you just turn it off, you're like, well, did they make it? Like, they're both pretty tired. Yeah, and... At least I thought one of them had been bitten, so... See, and yeah, that's true. Yeah, Brody, or Brody, Hooper would have definitely bled out if he would have been nicked by that giant shark. Mm-hmm. Um, Mythbusters did an episode where they build Bruce, the mm, shark, and okay. they have him in the water, because they're trying to figure out ways, if you ever get bit by a shark, how to get out of it, and for the hell of it, they just build a life-size Bruce... And so they're, like, laying in the mouth of this shark. It's the funniest thing. They even do a quint where they, like, go halfway down his throat to try to figure out how you'd get out. And I'm like, I think at this point, you're not getting out of the shark's mouth. (laughs) Plus, if there's a shark that big around trying to eat you, you're probably not going to have much luck. Mm, Great whites do get that big, but they're usually female. The females are bigger. And you don't see them very often. So maybe it was brusette. Could have been a brusette. Yeah, she was big. She was mad. She's probably about 70 years old. She's had enough. She's a cranky old lady. <laughs> Tired of all these kids on her beach. <laughs> or maybe she wanted more. Yeah, or maybe she wanted more. Buffet. Yeah. And that's what always made me laugh is, like, they go out and they, they very much point out the fact that the shark is interested in the kicking and the movement like it goes after the little boy on the banana boat because again it kind of looks like a seal from the bottom mm-hmm. you know and then goes after the dog because dogs kick a lot mm-hmm. and like the girl who's out there when she's drunk you know she's the only thing around yeah. and she's kicking around and she's moving stuff you know and she's m- making a lot of filialing movements that attracts a shark and I thought they did a good job of having when the shark picks people. Mm-hmm. Except when he overtips the guy in the pond and goes, you know, he tips his boat over. But that's such a great scene that I don't care. <laughs> you know, when you see the, sh- the shark coming and the guy's in the water and then his leg falls to the bottom. It's just such a great suspenseful scene. And then you think he's going to eat the rest of the kids. And In terms of gore, that was probably my least favorite part. I don't know why. That just It looked more realistic. It did look realistic. It. it looked nice and fleshy. And you're like, that's... Oh, it, it, it was... Even the blood wasn't that bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They did a, a really good job, but everything they had to do, and this is what these early movies had to do, is there was no CGI. Mm-hmm. They filmed a lot of it out on the ocean, and you can tell when they're not. You can tell the green screen, but they do such a good job cutting in between that. It doesn't mm-hmm. pull you out of the movie. It's not like nowadays where you watch some movies and you're like, all the CGI in the world, and I can still tell... Even when you can't tell, you can still kind of tell. Yeah, you can still. It's kind of like when you watch, um, what's the the term when, the uncanny valley. Yeah. You know, and you're looking at it and you know it's fake because your brain's telling you that doesn't exist. Kind of mm-hmm. like there are moments in Avatar where you're like, I know this isn't real, but that looks real. Mm-hmm. But when you watch shows like Jaws, Jurassic Park, Alien, Predator, it's real. Because mm-hmm. it's really there. You can reach out and you can touch it. And you're like, I know that doesn't exist, but the fact that it's an actual thing that they made mm-hmm. makes it, you know, real and more scary. It's it's easier to be unafraid of a CGI monster 
than mm-hmm. a, an, a monster they have built from the ground up that's actually moving around yeah. and interacting with the people. Yeah. I feel like even though I don't, I'm not one of those people who hates CGI stuff because I think people can make awesome looking things mm-hmm. with CGI, but like the practical effects just add something more to the movie Yeah, and it just makes it feel so much more realistic and that's probably a lot of why Joss has been so lasting because it feels real for all the other yeah. reasons we've talked about mm-hmm. but also practical effects even though you can kind of tell sometimes they've shot it in such a way that it doesn't make a difference yes and like like when the shark's in the water and he's going by the boat he's not moving as a shark probably would mm-hmm. but the water is just dark enough and the shadows are just right that it doesn't Unless you're someone like me who watches Jaws every summer, because that's my summer movie, and then it gets to the point where you're like, okay, let's really focus on this movie. You're not going to notice these things. But Mm -hmm. then you also notice fun details, like when the shark's eyes roll back. When he attacks, there are moments where his eyes roll back, and that's what sharks actually do Mm. to protect their eyes. And it's just fun little details that they actually put in there of how sharks actually do act. Hmm. Because Quint says when his ship is attacked, or the people in the water, that their eyes roll back. And he calls it like a doll's eyes, lifeless eyes. Well, sharks mm-hmm. do that because they need their eyes. They don't have hands. If they don't have their eyes to help them, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. So their eyes roll back to protect them mm-hmm. so that they don't accidentally poke their eye out or something. Because mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of things they eat probably fight back at one point, except for little fish. Yeah. Other sharks. Other sharks. I think their biggest problem, other than humans, would be other sharks. And I know orcas have been known to kill mm, That makes sense. Sharks, so. But, like I said, though, don't watch the sequels. <laughs> you can watch the second one. It's fine, but. Yeah. I feel like at this point, I would watch them just to see how really bad they are. Well, like Jaws 3, they tried CG with it. Mm. And it's Jaws 3D. <laughs> and it's just something else. I've heard if you watch it in 3D, it's better because that's how it was supposed to be filmed. But that doesn't make up for a bad plot and mm-hmm. everything that goes with it. <laughs> it's. I mean, I guess this happens more than should. But like, it seems so weird that a movie with this kind of pedigree, directed by Steven Spielberg, would get such atrocious sequels <laughs> but i guess that does happen jurassic park <laughs> i think almost i actually talked to my mom about this one day and we were like trying to figure out movies where the sequels are possibly better than the first one mm-hmm. there's not very many there's yeah. like terminator 2 like terminator's great but t2 is like great you know, and again, like Alien, I love Alien, and my mom argues that Aliens, the sequel, is better. But they're they're the kind of thing where the sequel is on par with the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, and with the Marvel movies, like you get the Avengers, which is so good. But then you get Avengers Age of Ultron, which is okay. It has its moments. Mm-hmm. But it's not... But then it goes back up again. And then it goes back up again, because they got the Russo brothers. Well, I think that's all my notes. Do you have any final thoughts about Jaws that you want to talk about? <laughs> Since I didn't take any notes and I <laughs> forgot. Um, not really. I mean, I was going to ask you, so when, you know, I know you said it wasn't the movie you kind of expected because you had only seen the moments with the shark. Mm-hmm. So were you 
were you disappointed when you realized that the good part of the movie is just character development and build up until the moment that they actually go out to hunt the shark? No, actually, I think that made the movie better. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, the The fact that you don't actually see much of the shark until the end, uh, that really helps build the suspense. And then all the character development, it actually makes the movie, I guess, worth watching. Because you, you root for them. You yeah. don't want them to die. Yeah. You know, you're like, I don't want these guys to get eaten by this shark because we've learned so much about him. Even Quint, who you know is a little off his rocker, and if you ran into that guy somewhere, you'd be like, I'm going to the other way. I would, I would avoid him. <laughs> I would avoid him, but then you learn more about him and, like, what he went through. I always mm-hmm. liked that piece of, you know, historical... Because that actually happened. That's a real thing, what he went through on that ship when it sank. Okay. And the sharks picking people off. It was a mm. very horrible thing. And I just always appreciated that that they gave him a reason for why he is the way he is. He's not just a nut. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not just some crazy guy who goes out and hunts sharks because he can. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing this because of what he went through. And this is probably the only thing he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's just kind of like a hermit on the ocean who just goes out and tries to probably get revenge for all those people he lost mm. in his own crazy way. Yeah. Did Jaws end up being everything that the hype plays it up to be like did you think it's worth that first blockbuster you know movie I think so. ever yeah it it wasn't like a standard blockbuster by today's metric mm-hmm. i guess with all the explosions and spaceships and mm-hmm. whatnot, whatever else they put into them but for a first blockbuster yeah it was good mm-hmm. yeah i actually liked it <laughs> Okay, well, that's probably that'll probably do it for our Jaws discussion. Yes. Normally, at the end, I ask if my guest has anything they want to promote. Do you have any anything you want to? If somebody wants to find more stuff from you, uh, like well, I don't have Instagram, a lot. Instagram, anything? No. It, that yeah, no. I just wear a mask, social distance. <laughs> Watch. So you don't end up being like the mayor in Jaws. Yeah, yeah, don't vote for the mayor in Jaws. Okay, well, thanks for joining me with this. This You're was welcome. a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and maybe we'll see you next time? Yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see how this goes. Okay, see you later. Bye. Thank you so much to Sam for joining me on this episode of I Heart Movies. Hopefully one of these days we'll find another movie we can do a podcast on. We always have such a great time talking about movies and stuff just in real life, so it was so much fun to channel that into a podcast. In the meantime, next time on the show we are finally going to get into the Latin American Disney series that I've been talking about since, like, May. I think it was May when I said that was what was coming next, but then... 2020 just got in the way and it was delayed. Sarah and I actually recorded these episodes back in January, so it's high time they got released. So we'll see you next time when we'll be talking about Saludos Amigos on another episode of the Disney Movie Marathon on iHeart Movies. Thanks for listening.